thanks for your company on the Jock and Journo show once again. It's Jay Clark here, Braden Cox, and the star of the show, the five-time best and fairest winner, five-time All-Australian, three-time Anzac Day medalist, Scotty Penelbury. How are you, buddy? G'day, mate. We're all stars of the show, mate. Are we? There isn't a star. We're all the stars. Uh, so. I'm not sure it'd be that interesting if it was just Coco and I shooting the breeze. We're all at the George, like always, but I mean, like, we're actually in the dining area and it's packed in here. Yeah. Might be a little bit noisy throughout the podcast. There's <laughs> a little bit. What is it? There, there seems to be a lot of Wednesday long lunches happening. A lot of business deals getting striked up, I think. So you're getting excited, mate, about what's just around the corner. Yeah, well, we, we officially qualified, I think, last game. Well so, um, Yeah, which I think you have to acknowledge because it's obviously one of the goals at the start of the year. So we got there and, um, yeah, now we've got uh, two weeks, Adelaide this week, where basically for the for Adelaide, I think it's like an elimination final for them that, you know, they have to win to stay mm. in touch with that top eight. Um and then the following week, Essendon as well. Um, you know, I think they need to win both of their games as well to, to make finals. So and they're going rubbish. But let's yeah, be so honest. we yeah, well, they didn't play too well, did they? I think twenty-one unanswered goals. So, um, but I, what was it? Only a few weeks before that, they knocked off. So it changes pretty quickly. So flattered them though that run. Flattered them. Essendon, yeah, we've seen win. that. You're still winning, so it's all that matters. No one looks back at the end of the year and go, you know, you made finals, but you won three games you shouldn't have. You just get there. However you get there, you get there. So This is another conversation. You're anyway, always talking about the process. It's yeah, not the yeah, outcome, know, it's the process. If yeah. they're not playing well. Yeah, yeah. It's like when Nathan Buckley said against the Bulldogs, you've won the four points, but it was the worst game in seven years or whatever it was. Yeah, I don't I said at the time I didn't agree with that. And didn't you? Oh I don't I don't think I think the Bulldogs are a pretty good side to play, especially at Eddie Had. I, I rate them at Eddie Had as well. And they're franked um, that form. Yeah, and I think they've been one of the better sides in the comp since the bye. So Yeah. But yeah, for us yeah, it's good to, to get to qualify for finals, and it's almost like our finals campaign starts now. Though mm-hmm. really, we've got um, we got to win to we've make got top, to, top yeah, four. Yeah, our top four still alive for us, so we've got to go over to Adelaide, and you know they're playing for you know their season, and, and mm-hmm. we're playing to you know try and cement and push ourselves up, and hopefully get a chance for top four. So I think the game's already sell out over there. So yeah. looking forward to, to getting across. Be good on the road, Scotty. This is where your boys do their best work. I'm not well, sure. Last what time, not really. Last time, buddy, GWS kicked about eight in about 20 minutes, but we're 3-1 no, on the road. So if we can get that four and one and, and come back with the four points, I'll be very excited. Special things happen when you guys go on the road. I'm not sure what's in the, on the bus. Bit of <laughs> Bit of kombucha, <laughs> uh, which you have been drinking a lot of lately. Hey, you recommended a podcast, man. I absolutely loved it. Uh, Finding Mastery. If you haven't heard it, listen to it. Michael Gervais is the guru who runs the show and he's done some great ones with Kevin Love and um, Demata Rosen about mental health, which is really revealing, I reckon. And yeah. for me as a journo, it was really interesting. Yeah. Because I'm part of the problem in a, in one sense. You are. Well done. So maybe we can talk, you can hang crap <laughs> on me a little bit later. But uh, it was it was a fascinating listen. The other one was with Stephen Kerr. Golden Steve State, Kerr. What did I say, Stephen? Stephen. Steve Kerr, the Golden State Warriors coach. And the one thing which I found really interesting was talking about his four trademarks and yep. how one of them is joy. Yeah. And on the basic premise that athletes perform best when they're having fun and being happy. And it's yep. really relevant for AFL at the moment because we're seeing that at Carlton in front of our very eyes. Yeah. So robotic, so dour, so stressed under Brendan Bolton, as harsh as that may sound, yet so much more free uh, clearly enjoying their football so much more, so much more attacking under David Teague and the environment does seem like it's yeah. completely changed. And I was going to ask you, as captain of um, 
Collingwood and you guys have been through a transformation and different things in, in recent yeah. years. How, how important is that to find the joy in the game and to enjoy what you're doing, yeah. to have the fun in football oh, and, and, and yeah. what that means for well, you? It's the, when you strip it right back, it's the why everyone, it's, it's the why. Why everyone started playing footy as a 10-year-old or an 8-year-old is because they loved the game and they had fun with their mates. Like mm. That's nearly every player that retires or whatever, their memories are the locker room and how much fun they had with their mates. It's not about, oh, I remember this one team meeting we had in round 16, 2006, in my third year. It's always about the, you know, the stuff after games. And, um, you know, I think I've said before on this podcast, a lot of times now when we travel, we stay the night after the game. We all have a few beers together in the hotel room. and no, lock in. No, no one leaves the hotel, but we all have a few beers. And um, yeah, it seems crazy, but we hadn't done that in previous years. And, Last year, you'd, you'd sit up for hours and just have a few beers and talk. and Talking shit. Yeah, and it just, I don't know, it's just the next day, like the bonds just seem stronger and funnier. There's little gags that happen throughout the night. You played pranks on people and all that type <laughs> of stuff. And um, But I think the, the word, like the word joy, fun, whatever it is, I think, because I've, I've heard the podcast as well, when he said it, you weren't surprised. No, because you can visually see Golden State and how much fun they have, and I think that's the that's the one is, um, you know, every club, organization, business has values and stuff they want to live by. But if you can't actually look at a club and be like, you know, as you said, say with Carlton and as you described with Brendan Bolton, if one of their values was joy and you couldn't see it or mm. understand it, then you'd be like, well, I don't know, is that is that just a word on the wall or do you actually live it? Whereas now you're saying you can visually see it with Carlton. And I haven't watched much of Carlton since the changeover, so I can't really say too much. But if you can see it, then you know, that's almost the best thing that that organisation can hear is that it's external people can acknowledge that. They see it. Um, you know, for for me, the last few years, just driving to training, driving to um, whatever it is, it's always fun. You're looking forward to a good day. You know there's going to be a laugh. Genuine? Genuinely? Genuine, like every, like you know, even like just say so little ones every week, midfield meeting, the, the meeting always starts with a gag. Someone's got a gag. Yeah. And they're silly, they're stupid, but it's just every week and you look forward to it and you hang crap on each other and um, just all those little things that you do to connect and bring that element of fun into to the game. And it's amazing how much tighter your, your team becomes and um, you're doing it because it's, I don't know, it's organic, it is fun, it's natural. Mm. Um, yeah, and the last few years has been really enjoyable. So, what do you? How do you? Um, how do you remind yourself around the club? What What do you accuse in this? Because it can, you know, it can be a negative environment yeah. at times. And as you said, yeah. I'm I'm part of that, but yeah, um, we're part of that in the media because we do focus on the negative a hell of a lot. Yeah, right? it's just the reality of it. What do you do at the club to keep reminding yourselves of the? Yeah, well, we have we have culture sessions every week where an external person will come in or it could be someone internal when you just learn about their life and mm-hmm. um, you know even the other yeah, when was it I think it was Monday we, we sat down and watched the doco of last year that's oh. going out I think in the next week or so yep. um, and before that I was a little bit apprehensive about wanting to see it like oh. why are we watching it now real killjoy not really but I just didn't really understand the reason why would we watch it right now when we're in a whole new campaign we haven't really spoken about 2018 much at all this year we don't want to compare ourselves to that but then i watched it and i was like you do have a look at all the fun that you guys are having and you know, the vision of 
training sessions or games and singing the song in Adelaide last time we were there when it was the whole team in, in the song. So just things like that was, um, yeah, I, I love seeing that doco and the story and the, it's almost like oh, for, for once in my career, I got to sit there on the outside and look at Collingwood. I wasn't actually part of it. I sat there on the outside and watched it and I thought- Did you like what you like, see? Yeah, I loved what I saw. I thought um, how our club hands itself, the fun it has, how hard we work, all those things. Um, there's a lot shone on those in, in the doco. So, um, you know, and even just the, you know, when Ray McLean was at the footy club, the, the culture sessions you do there where you bring three items that mean a lot to you. And we've done those in the past where leaders and first year players go away on a camp and you bring three items. So like, that, what did you bring? What, um, what, what? Oh, like, so I've, I had something to do with my brothers. Um, then guys just bring little things that people might know about them and you just, so we were in, uh, where were we? We went to Torquay and you just spend like, so literally these first year guys have been there for five days and you're on this camp and like sitting there and you talk with them and you get to know them and, um, oh, he's got, he's got a normal family. Oh, this kid's, his parents split up when he was five. This kid doesn't have a mum or whatever it is. And it's like, empathy. holy crap, you learn so much about them straight away. And then when you come back to the club, you sort of think, Jesus, how much... How much do I really know about my teammates? Like, yeah. So then it's like, oh, we'll go have a coffee up at the cafe during lunch and we'll just have a chat. Like, it doesn't have to be about footy and you get to know. Yep. I think that's what footy clubs or good footy clubs seem to be doing is they know a lot more about the person before mm. you even enter into the X's and O's of footy. Yeah. Which I, which I think is positive for our game. And um, yeah, as I said, the more that teams shine a light on it, yeah, um, yeah I think, think the better. And, Say so like the obvious one for me is if you have a look at Richmond, I don't know what their values are or the words, but there'd be something in there around fun or joy or yep. just be normal about footy and it's just played for the love of the game. Like yeah, you see them, they're visually enjoying themselves. I think I saw them laugh coming out of their huddle before their game against Carlton on Sunday. I'm pretty yeah. sure there was they were yeah. laughing. Many like many of times you've seen like a joke be told or something, and yeah. it's gone through like the whole sort of AFL like since 2017, seeing how Richmond approached it. Yeah. And um, you know, other clubs have sort of, yeah. you know, you can cotton on or hold on. These guys are the best team in the comp 2017 and look how much fun they're having. There's got to be something in that. Yeah. Um, and you hear them talk about it's just a game and there's more to life than footy. And um, I think it's really, it's been really good for the industry. Talk about the reverse in a second, but <clears throat> what did you think about the part where Steve Kerr said inside the Warriors gym, they have pictures of themselves all having fun on the court. I think yeah. some mention of family photos as well. Yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. guys do anything like that? Yeah, so we've got um, every player's got their photo up on the wall with three other photos that mean something to them. So, um, yeah, for me, I've got, you know, a photo of me and Al, me and Jax, and then me, Al and Jax, so just my family. And then there's, you know, other people with their photos up of stuff that means something to them. And um, more than anything, it's sort of like when I walk past it, I always have a look at my photos and just think, oh, geez, Jax has changed so much since yeah. that's gone up. I probably should update that one. But then you just have a look around and there might be another player and it's like, well, he's got his dog in it. So his dog must mean a bit. I'll ask him about that. So yeah. it's also like a little conversation starter. And um, yeah, but I love the idea of, um, you know, and I think that'd be the next level, say, for our club is to get, we've got banners and that hanging in the gym, but get more current day stuff as well as history of the club and, all those photos, you know, of the 1990 group, the 2010 group, put them up and 
um, you know, just moments of people kicking goals or picking someone up off the deck. So all those little things I reckon be yeah, awesome to, to get into the club down the track. So you're coming up to your 300th game, which will be Touchwood in the first final. Getting on, old boy. Touchwood. Are you, is footy change for you now is any different? Are you enjoying yourself? Are you looking forward to, like, how, how do you feel about the game now that you're getting to the, the point of my career final years <laughs> uh, you know your recovery powers are there, was no, there was no good way to put that yeah <laughs> you just you just sort of smiled at me where yeah, you going with this yeah um yeah it oh i think when you i think when you start you've just got like a free hit in a sense that you're just playing you're just out there you you know i felt like in my probably my first two years that I didn't really have a big say in the game. So if I played well or I didn't play well, the outcome of the game didn't really mm-hmm. belong to what I did. Like mm-hmm. if I kicked two and had 20 in my second year and we lost, it was like, well, yep. or if I had five possessions and we won, it's sort of like I didn't really influence the game yep. too much. And then um, towards the back end of my second year, um, you know, got moved into the midfield and started to feel like, you know, a whole the boys like sort of I feel part of the group and I feel like relied upon and then I think ever since then when you feel that burden of or the pressure of like I need to perform today to help us win yeah. then you just feel part of the group and I think every player feels like that and I've yeah ever since I felt like that um, the years when we didn't play finals that that sucked like the lost years yeah the, one of the dark days but like that's really hard like trying to put on brave face say at this time of the year when you know you've got two games left you've got a holiday booked in two and a half weeks but you've got two weeks of footy left and mm. you're trying to stay up and about and you can just tell when you're out there that guys are they're trying their hardest but they're they're just away they're already mentally checked out like it gets you know the feedback's coming in we're not playing well mm-hmm. um yeah so it's sort of those dark days and then um yeah last year was just really refreshing just you know, we got onto a bit of a roll, started playing good footy. The environment changed a lot at our club. And um, sort of ever since that review took place where Walshie, Pete Murphy um, sort of realigned the football club and sort of set us on a new path, new direction. Um, I've loved, as I said, it's just so much fun every day going in. Like you look forward to getting in there and, you know, you almost like tomorrow, tomorrow's our main day, which is the best day of the week. It's, is it? You know, like at lunchtime, I just know who's going to be in the cafe doing the crosswords and they're <laughs> going to get stuck. So I'll yell out to Robert Harvey to come in and sort them out because he's the crossword king. And <laughs> there'll be Buddha Hawking's team meetings tomorrow. So he'll he'll rag on a few of the players, give them shit, probably chip away at the coach. Is he quite crazy, Buddha? Or? He's so good. He's so good. Um, there's that, there's that um, picture of Bucks modelling underwear from ages ago. He's on a phone. <laughs> And before the team meeting one week, Buddha rang the phone. He's like, hello, hello. And then they popped up the big screen of Bucks. And they're like, oh, sorry, Bucks in a team meeting, mate. Like, he's just, yeah. He spends most of it. I think he spends more time looking at his pre-mat. I mean, his oppo meeting yeah. gags than he actually does in the meeting. But it's, um, yeah, it's just, it's a good day. You go out there, you work on your game, you get, you hone in for Adelaide for us and then go out there and then. Yeah, get over. And travel week's always good too to travel with the boys. And mm-hmm. Adelaide's a short plane trip, so there's not too much funny stuff that happens on the plane, but it is enjoyable. Who are you buddying up with these days? Who are, who are you sitting next to on the bus? No, nah, always changes. It really it's depends. Brazzy? You sort nah, of took Brazzy under your wing for nah, a while. No, it changes on the, like every week when we've traveled. It depends who gets, um, whoever sits in one seat usually sit next to me. So oh. 
So there we go. Oh, you're one B, eh? No, one A. There's no one B, mate. <laughs> 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 no, no, I'm, um, I'm usually the first exit row behind business. So there's usually six of us there. So right. I'm always in that row. Why do you guys get that spot? I don't know. I just always have. Yeah, yeah for years. So it's like me. Steel's always there. Where were you, Coco, when you used to travel with the? You'd be right down the back with us the, the dome, sitting on the black box on the wing. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting that Alan Rif, uh, Alan Richardson referenced you last week. Did you hear that? Uh, no, <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> no, he was on the radio. And he was, I live under a rock, don't I? Yeah, you do. You're totally unsheltered. I You're totally mean shelter. to because UFC two forty ones on Sunday. Oh, it's a good one. And too. I'm like all over that. Right, I like. I love footy. Don't get me wrong. And yep. I actually was talking to um, Justin Longmire about it the other day. He's like Justin Longmuir. Muir. Sorry. And I was like, there's like times when I just literally like it sounds insane, but I can't switch off footy. Footy. Like I'll watch our game. Yeah. And I could pause it, rewind it, fast forward it, rewind it. Yeah. And I'll get the pen out and I'll start drawing a way that like I think this could work better. And wow. But it's like. I'm just a player, so like I got to keep stay in my lane, so to speak. Yeah, but like I love it, but I don't listen to the commentary around the game if that makes sense. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I could watch our replay and I'll freeze a bit of play and I'll start talking to Al and she's got no interest. Yeah. I'm like, oh, like look at this, like what? What, what are we is doing? He doing? Why didn't, like, this is so much simpler if we had done this or this or yeah. Um, you know, say so if I was talking to Long of your halves, I'd be like, what happens if we ever did this and this? And I'd look at you like you're a little bit crazy. It's yeah. like, what is that? You can't do that. And I was yeah. like, well. Who said you can't do it? Yeah. Why? Like, why can't we be the first? But, this is why you'll be a coach. But yeah. Anyway. Rain man. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. But anyway, Richo. Oh yeah. Um, he was my development coach. What, yeah. The, Great oh, bloke, right? The goat. Yeah. yeah. Always just sort of when he talks, so he always looks like he's eating a radish. You never notice that. Like, no, nah, I don't like radish. Yeah. 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 When you see Richo talk in his presses, and I love the man, but he just dead set looks like he's eating a radish the whole time. Just yeah, that okay. sort of. Anyway, yeah. um, so he said, so I think the boys were asking him on the radio about um, when he sort of knew it was all over and yeah. had the impact on the group, the focus and pressure on him had yeah. on the group. And he said, well, I heard Scott Pendlebury say that when Bucks was in strife, all the it felt like all the boys were walking around on eggshells. You know, there was that sort of tension in the footy club. He said, I, um, you know, felt that at that our joint. So he gave yeah. a nice little plug, which sounds um, transferable. But what happens when players do play under personal stress? Or, you know, we talked about enjoyment and the funny football. What have you seen about the other side of that coin? Um, oh, I suppose it's it's the pressures. Like, and I'm I'm fortunate that I've not had performance anxiety or anxiety or stress about performance in my career. Like, what do you think that is? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I think I'm lucky that I probably started in a time when social media wasn't big, um, and so and I had really good coaches who just all that mattered was their opinion, no one else's type thing. So. Um, and I think too, my parents and family helped shape that. Like mum or dad never put pressure on me or my brothers to be the best or whatever. It was just play. And um, I didn't play a lot of footy growing up as well. So it's just a learning experience. Like if I had played, dad loved footy. So maybe if I had played a lot of footy early, he would have tried to coach me a lot more because I played basketball. Like dad never played basketball. So he at under 10s, I was better than him. Yeah. So um, yeah. yeah. So I just yeah I think I've been fortunate in that regard to not have the pressures, but um, yeah you can like, turn off. Not all, all the players have the capacity to turn off. Yeah, whether it's yeah uh, so, oh yeah I know and I've 
But you yeah. put the blinkers on or something. Oh, like yeah. I'll say, did you hear such and such? No. Any bit of that? What no. happened? I like I just know I I'm just a firm believer if like we look after ourselves as a club, we'll be fine. And when you start getting other clubs worrying about you, that's when you know you're winning. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we're in that balance of trying to know ourselves the best that I don't have time to worry about too much about what other clubs are doing. So like I'll, I'll know what Adelaide want to do this weekend, say for example, I'll know everything they want to do, how they want to do it, mm-hmm. but I won't jump at it if it affects a part of our game until I see how that affects it. So mm-hmm. I'll believe in what we do and that can pull them apart and I hopefully they're more worried about us than we are about mm-hmm. them because then I think they'll start jumping. But in terms of like that anxiety of playing and guys playing under stress I think it's as I said I haven't dealt with it but I could imagine for guys it would just be like almost their safe their safe place and their release is now a place where it's stressful for them mm-hmm. and that would be really hard because so I feel like a lot of that anxiety and stress is actually before the performance and if that's coming out on game day like you know I've heard of guys that say I don't even want to be out there on game day they're playing and they don't want to even be out there like I could not imagine that like my favourite part of the week is game day. Mm. So for that to be taken away because guys are worried about what someone on Twitter says or on Instagram or what the media is going to say or even like what friends are going to say or family, like I think that's a really bad place and that's why I think mental health has become such a big part of mm. AFL that how we can prevent this and how we can get in front of it and, and things like that is so important and why money needs to be invested into the area. You've always seen to maintain this great balance and great perspective on, you know, what you're doing and everything. But how do you relate to then a player like, you know, I haven't seen the documentary, but yeah. Adam Trelaw or yeah. someone like him who feels the anxiety, who can't shut it out or yeah. who, who ch- is challenged to shut it out. How do yeah. you go communicate relating yeah. to that yeah, player? So as, a, as a player and um, – as a more senior player especially, the best thing that clubs have done is employed psychs mm-hmm. at clubs because, like, if you come into the club and you said, like, have a look at this group, you'd just go, 45 fit, healthy guys. Yep. But there's Wealthy. so much more under the surface than that. And it's not until you have a sports psych who might tap you on the shoulder and go, I'm not going to go into detail about, but just keep an eye on, Such say, Adam Trelaw. Yeah. Um, it's going through a little bit of stuff, so I just want to let you know. And you're like, okay. And then it's sort of like, all right, on the field or whatever it is, you just got to be careful. You got to tread a fine line because it's like, you know, he's going through a bit of stuff. And whenever if, someone says that, they're going through a bit of stuff, you know, you, you need to be more supportive, get around them, pump them up, positive, try and be really positive with them. So um, those little cues that you get from people. And I've always said, like, like I'm, we're players, so mental health is in our space. So that's why we've got people employed at the club to help players like if I have it or Steel Sidebottom gets it we've got someone to go to because in the last only the last couple of years we've had that where before that it's put on a brave face and just go out there and play which is pretty it's pretty hard to do by the sounds if you're if you're struggling and there's no one at your club that you feel like you can talk to and now as I said with having a psych there it's changed the landscape and um, so you're better equipped are you equipped are you equipped enough better equipped and I still think we can get better yeah. at it and I think this whole it's like a new frontier we're still learning yeah. ways to deal with it um, but I said even like more and more players talking about it helps have and you I, noticed a difference inside <laughs> the footy environment then about that even um, I think Ad said on uh, one of the footy shows that talking about it helped him yep. and the more people that he's 
since know about it have actually said, oh, I've struggled with the same thing and mm-hmm. sort of like you're almost stressing yourself out and then you let it out and you just feel like it's sort of a big weight off your shoulders. So, yeah. And all this, on all us guys, say in the ads example is with um, ads in 2018, none of us were really aware, but he's like until he did his double hamstring, he was flying yeah. on the field. So you wouldn't have, like you wouldn't have known. Mask. And it's just, but obviously he was dealing with some stuff and now it come out what he was going through and you're just, yeah, you're just looking for guys. And that's what I said, like with our psych and mm. Maxi as well plays a big role in that and your welfare guys just yeah. tap you on the shoulder and let you know and keep an eye out for guys. And yeah, we're getting a lot better in that space. And individuals now at football clubs are a lot more themselves as well, which I think is really helping. Which has been a big thing of Bucks too. Like yep. being yourself, be yeah, genuine, be, yourself be authentic. And, yeah, Bucks' big thing is bring your strengths to the table. Yeah. So when you're talking about your strengths, you don't have to try and mold into what you think the team needs or the game plan or whatever. It's just be you and be the best version of you. Yeah. So what's he saying? Yeah. Let yourself shine. Let is your strengths shine. Let your strengths shine. Let your strengths shine. Oh. So yeah. And um yeah, you know, it's it sounds like an obvious thing, but there for a while there you I think the whole industry was you've just got to play your role to make sure the team wins. Mm-hmm. It's like, what does that actually mean for a guy? Like, he might be playing his role, but he's so unhappy trying to be put on a front to be mm-hmm. someone he's not. Whereas the the greatness is in those different people. So how do you go with that balance? How do you, how, when in a game when it's so structured and so robotic and so demanding? Yeah. How do you go with that well, balance? So it's, funny, it's not like uh, I don't know. What's a is there where, room for where, that flair or not? So I would say uh, it's hard. I would say 20, so it's 20, 2016 to 2018. Yeah. 2016, we were a very structured side, do this, do that type thing. Yeah. 2018, very unstructured side. Very different. Let your strength shine. And I know that sounds really obvious, but it's a lot more of like a lot less gray area, a lot more freedom. Yeah. Let your strength shine. Back yourself. You're a bloody good player. Trust yourself. Mm-hmm. That's pretty empowering if you're a player. Big shift, yeah? Yeah. So if you get the ball and it was like, and there's clubs that you get the ball, you've got option one, two, three, or four, and now your four looks, and if you don't like anything, must kick it long. Mm-hmm. Or you get the ball and it's hit what you like. I think I know what system most players would like to play in. Hit what you like. Absolutely. So I think we've become a bit more of that side where it's a bit more freedom, back yourself in. And there's certain things that, uh, non-negotiables with how we play and how we train and how we. So what's one prepare. of those? What's one of those things? What can, what can you say? What's I what? Know. I don't know. But there's just just trust me. There's things that are non-negotiable <laughs> that we do. We used to have one no U-turns. Huh? No U-turns. Okay, so we've got no U-turns. It's a non-negotiable, <laughs> except for if you're inside seventy, Geordie to go. Um, <laughs> yeah. Nah, but you know what I mean. So He's been kick, he kicks it, them on U-turns. He does, he does. But there's things that we we all know as a team that we need to do. But there's elements of our game where there's complete freedom. Which is, um, yeah, which is, I think, how players play their best. So how do you go when a teammate makes a mistake doing their own thing like that? You know, like, they're, I don't know, like, say Travis Varco tries to burn off a man and gets yeah. caught, you know, like, so oh, that's him funny. expressing so, himself. But what yeah, if- so Adams Trelaw um, against the Giants tried to burn someone off and got sort of half tripped himself and got tackled. And the first couple of things I heard, and I was a part of it, was, like, we love that, do it again. Oh, really? And he just got holding the ball. Yeah, and it's like we love it, Adzi. Do it again. Like take them on again. Is that like right? it's just the the mindset the mindset has shifted so far. Yeah, um, yeah, and you know, see Billy try and take a hanger, mm-hmm. almost gets it. Mm-hmm. It's like have another crack at one. Like sit on his head harder or higher, or 
And that's and, what must make the environment fun. Yeah. And I think, like, how good is that for a player to hear? Like, you just almost took a hanger and you've got all your teammates telling you to do it again. Sit on his head. Well, what do you, what's your... What's yeah, your I don't super have many. football superpower? <laughs> yeah, I don't have any. It's the candy yeah. man. Yeah. Nice, <laughs> nice, uh, nice spoil, Scott. <laughs> nah, yeah, I don't. I don't get too many, but yeah, there's it's a lot more positive stuff out on the field, and there's still those hard messages that go out, but everyone knows, and I think that's the thing too. Like when you've got that relationship, it's coming from a good place. You understand that person more, and it's not just so much like, oh, you're my football teammate, and that's it, and mm-hmm. bang. So, yeah, I think that's the. That's where footy's going and it's moving there pretty quickly. Last one on this. Generally speaking here, had, did, what's your radar like for the opposition? Like you are so focused in the game on your own stuff and all that oh, love no, and connection. No, yeah, I can, yeah, yeah. What's your radar like for yeah, what's... Yeah. I can see when teams are about to break, that sort of stuff. Yeah, I yeah, like... Yeah, yeah. Can, you can, can see Can that. you test... Can you, yeah. do you, do you get a feel for the other team's connection and yeah. their positivity? Yeah, and, yeah. You can tell... Um, yeah, you can tell the sides that do it well and you can so- tell the sides that um, it's manufactured yeah. and you can tell the sides that are a breaking point. Um, and what are the cues there? Body language, mm. how they talk to each other, are they talking to each other? Um, yeah, and I've played since, just say since the bye, yeah. I've played against sides that are at breaking point. I've played against sides that are as connected as I've seen. Really? Um, yeah, and it's just it's, so, it's really obvious so, yeah. yeah, but there, but what I don't see is what's happening throughout the week. So yeah. there's something there mm-hmm. in their environment that is causing frustration, or something at their environment that, um, you know, they mightn't be where they want to be on the ladder. But you get out and you play against them, you're like, geez, these guys are so connected. So you're like, you're on the right path. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I f- personally feel like you can tell that pretty quickly when you're out on the field, especially when the game gets in that that real sort of grey area where it's three goals difference yeah, and then you kick the next one and you go up four goals and that's that's often when you can see like alright are these boys in it or yeah. are they not yep. and, and it, you know it's the same same for us I can tell with us if we go three goals down mm. you look around what's our language like how's our body language how are we talking are we up for this or are we a little bit scattered tonight yeah and you can tell I find like you can tell pretty pretty easily yeah and so can you think of a <laughs> lastly Think of a great team in the past who, who resembles all this, what you're talking about, like a premiership team of the past yeah. or a team that you've admired for all these reasons. Yeah, St Kilda 20, to, St Kilda 2009 yeah. was the hardest side that I've, I think I've ever played against. Really? We played them at Eddie Had, and I think they kept us to 40 points in round three or four. And they just were like, I don't know, it was like a perfect storm for them. They were just relentless and they just never gave an inch. And they were all just. It felt like they had 25 guys on the field to our 12. And wherever you went and you got hit, they the were cohesion? ruthless. They just moved as one. And then their talk amongst each other and they got around each other. They kick a goal and everyone on the field let you know they kick a goal. And really? It was almost like they knew that they were breaking you and they wanted to rub it in. But they did it their way every time. It was mm. never like got lucky. That's just how they did it. That's yeah. a Ross Lyon thing. It's a Ross Lyon, Nick Rewalt thing for me. Oh, that's, yeah. that's who I think of when I hear you say that. Yeah. I've got, they were they were an exceptional they team. They lost one game for the year or yeah. two games, didn't they? It was the grand they deserve final. To, they deserved to win. One, yeah. They were so stiff. Yeah, they were stiff not to win a flag, that group. Talk to BJ, talk to Joey, what are radio with? You talk to Nick Rewalt. Yeah. And now they talk about, although they haven't won a premiership, and Patrick Dangerfield did a very good story with um, Mark Robinson, the Herald Sun, about 
the legacy of a player who doesn't win a premiership or yeah. you know that void in your life yeah. but yeah. the St Kilda boys Joey says catch up catch up and yeah. their connection is still yeah. um yeah and I think that's what that's what our group from last year will be like yeah so we'll still catch up for a lunch every couple of years as the 2018 side and yeah have a lunch and we didn't we didn't we weren't successful because we didn't win the flag but I look back on that season and think that was hugely successful and that I think that last year will leave a legacy on the football club and be a massive sort of fork in the road of the new Collingwood moving forward. In the res- in wrestling terms, you're sort of lying on the canvas there. No one really picked it and then you jumped, climbed up the top rope and then jumped off. And well, like The Undertaker, yeah. down and out and then just sat up, rose. Yeah. yeah. That, what was the, what's the, the Japanese plate, the broken plate? What do you call that? Kitsugi or something. Yeah, the beauty in the broken. Yeah, tip. yeah. Yeah. So there's life, there's hope for us all, Coco. The emotional intelligence conversation is something that I find really interesting. Do you now treat the emotional intelligence side of the game like you do the footy skills side of the game? Like, are you trying to evolve that all the time? Yeah. Yeah, you're trying, you definitely, um, especially when you look at, you know, and I'll watch a little bit of opposition sides, but you're just, you're just looking for, I don't know, there's little things in sides that you can see. And some sides are unbelievable. There's no breaking point. But you might see in vision or whatever you're watching, you know, players arguing with each other and think, right, oh, who's that? those two players? And, you know, say if it's Adelaide this weekend, centre bounce, first centre bounce to the game, or five minutes in, you might just throw a little line at one of their players that you've seen going at someone else from their own team and see if you can spark it straight away. Just... I don't know, throw a bit of petrol on the fire. A little niggler. Yeah, so it yeah. works both ways. Yeah, yeah. You're emotionally intelligent towards your own teammates, yeah. but you're trying to break others. <laughs> yeah. yeah, with with I think with your own to- with your own side, you're trying to keep everyone on task. Because there's no doubts in a game. There's in a game you you fall off task, you drift, um, your mind wanders, and then the quicker your own teammates can pick up on that and bring you back mm. onto task, the better. It's like what our WhatsApp group. Sometimes we get on the brink of fracturing. <laughs> this morning we might have been close when we arranged the timing of today, which is great. Hey, we got a, that went. Um, that I found that very interesting. Probably went a little longer than I thought, but I love the insight there. It's got what just in a nutshell, right? Without trying to hate on us. What too is a much. nutshell? What do you mean? I say like, as in, you know, it's the like shell in summary. In, in, in sort of yeah, in, in, in short. In yeah. short. In short. How do you think the footy media is going? Because that all that betting. Uh, the betting rumor that did the rounds last week. Yeah, this is to the media's credit. Not one person reported that. We always get hung shit on. Yeah, for yeah. like you know dealing yeah. in non-fact. Do you or, have yeah. to? Did you? I was interested. Did you have to look into that? Do you have to treat those rumors as you have to I walked, have I'm, a look at it? I walked off the track and I had like yeah. messages from friends being like, "What's happened at your club?" Yeah, yeah. use of user not playing finals. And I was training. Come into this, and I was like, "What?" then you hear it so much that like I just went over to our media department and I have to ask the question because yeah. I was like I sort of want to know like, yeah. like no nah, no nah, it's all innuendo and bullshit but yeah still like it's um, yeah I, in terms of the footy media how you're going in yeah what? just in general I know you're not a big no I think that yeah I th- to be fair with the media usually you guys will report something and it will get denied 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 and then it happens which is, but that's where the frustration, because if you're at a club, you can never say yes, mm-hmm. even though you might want to say no. You still yep. have to be, like the club always comes first. Yeah. You know, even when Ruffy spoke at his farewell thing the other day, he spoke yeah. about yeah. he's indebted to the club. Yeah. The club's perfect. So you're always trying to protect the club. So, but yeah, I think like the, 
I don't know. There's just no forum for you guys to get a pat on the back. <laughs> really, is there? <laughs> no, we probably. I'm not necessarily looking at um, looking for for one. Maybe I am on the on the bedding room and stuff because I think for all the for all the negative feedback we get. Yeah. Oh, there's um, there's especially like with our club with Steve O. What happened? There was, you know, I'm surprised that no one went with it because it's like. Oh, it happened once. Why yeah. wouldn't happen again? But yeah, yeah. I think everyone was smart enough to check with the club, and if there's anything in it, and no one went with it. Do you ever, um, do you ever knowingly lie when you're asked? If I was, not necessarily now, but if you, if you, if there was a secret you were trying to protect at the club, would you happily lie to the media to protect that? And have yeah, you yeah. done that? Yep. Yeah. How protect, does that sit with you? I'd protect the club. Um, yeah, fine. <laughs> Be comfortable. <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't yeah. do it on this podcast, yeah, of nah, course. Nah, nah. But. Yeah, I'd always, I'd always protect the club. Yeah, and you know, do you certain, try and do it? No, answer things in a way sometimes, yeah, and which is I'll not lying. Just, I wouldn't blatantly lie. Yeah, but you could, you can always spin it in a better way or whatever. And you know, if it was, if I thought, say, that little white lie, yeah, was beneficial, beneficial or. The in the grand scheme of things, even if they found out the truth, it wasn't that much. Yeah. But you know, if it was a big thing happening and I was asked to lie, I would just say beforehand, like, oh, I can't lie about this. Yeah. Like, I'm going to be truthful because that I would never want my integrity of a bloke to be questioned. Well, this is why I ask because it is that that is a difficult balance because yeah. sometimes you are. That's uh, what I mean. Like, say if um, like say I've gone to get a scan before. Mm-hmm. Go walk in, walk out. How'd your scan go? Don't so know. The results with the doc. Yeah. Three minutes earlier, I was looking at the x-ray. I was seeing where my finger was broken. <laughs> <laughs> so I walked back to the club. So I just don't have to answer it. It's just a little one. But that's what I mean. So I'm happy to do those little ones. That's okay. But I wouldn't do, yeah, I don't know, you know, a big one where it was like, yeah. we need you to go out there and tell bullshit. Yeah. I wouldn't do it. Yeah. 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 You're a Saints, Saint Pendlebury. Yeah, yeah. Lastly, this has gone very quickly, but who wins West Coast Richmond? What are, what are your thoughts? Um, is, it, is it the game of the season? And Geelong Brisbane, tell us what I you think. think yeah, I think. Uh, Question without notice. Yeah, I think West Coast will beat Richmond. Why? Uh, I think their forwards are very, very dynamic. Oh, that's it's not the big guys anymore, is it? Is it the little guys? Is that what you're talking Both. about? I think the dynamic the of their forward line. Yeah. So they're very big, very Willie athletic. Really, he's a player. Crip, recruits, runs. Yeah. Ryan pressures. Liam Ryan sits on your head, as you know. Yeah. So I think they'll put Richmond's defensive system is very, very good. And it's changed? Changed a bit. And their system's very, very good. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be an amazing battle. And then it's like always. Jeremy Govins is the roadblock again. Mm. But I think West Coast have that capacity to score as well, which is, yeah, which is worrying. Um, so, yeah, both good games. So I'm tipping West Coast and I'm tipping Brisbane. How'd Richmond get the last 10 at the G? Hey, the, the Big fixture, crowd. Fixture's not equal. Come yeah, on. yeah. Should never worry about the fixture. Should be 17 games. Yeah, I'm that's with you. It. I'm with you. But are you going to yeah. take that 20% pay cut? Like what happened in the NFL when they shorten the season, <laughs> not the NFL because it's a better product. Thirty-two teams, two hundred million people. It's a the different percentage beast. of money share in the NFL, NBA players get fifty percent and over of total revenues. Doesn't happen in the AFL. You tell anyway, me. You story. tell me Come that on, Fox, Fox and Channel Seven should pay the same amount of money yes, for, for a lesser games. season for seventeen games. Better You're product, a smart man. Scott. Better product. It doesn't make any sense. There's no way they should pay the same price. Better product. You reckon the, the game of you reckon the actual game will improve that much? Yep. It will. You hit more targets. More targets, better products, more hangers. Less of it, so you want it more. 
Uh, the thirst. It's a bit on it. Well, every year for about five weeks, everyone just sooks about how bad the season is. Now we're getting close to finals. It's amazing. It's <laughs> yeah. Two games to go. How good's this? Yeah. There would be no lull. Yeah, there is a lull. I can feel the You'd lull. You'd remove There's the lull. I went to Canada during my yeah. lull. Yeah, just don't. Yeah, see, you got to went on a holiday. <laughs> we play through it. Oh, I feel like we went deep. No, that was good. We That's the Mental Intelligence Podcast. I like it. All right, Beautiful. Scotty. Good luck for uh, your road trip to Adelaide, mate. You're going to come back with a top four spot. Um, well, we're we're sitting in that place of we depend on results, so we just we'll try and look after our and you look after yourselves. Yeah, you got the spin. You good, got the good. spin. All right. And you hear him force, he might tell a white lie occasionally. So he's we're a liar. A lie. Now detect, we know he's a liar. That. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us. This has been the Jock and Journo Show. We'll catch you next week. Bye for now. Thank you. Thank you.